Hello, my name is Patricia Rozvora and you're listening to Kitchen Conversations. This podcast aims to open up the mysterious and vague Eastern Bloc to a broader audience. For each episode, I'm inviting one artist or researcher and together we explore their relation, interest and urgency to create within the framework of the post-Soviet sphere. Here I also wanted to thank everyone for listening and supporting this podcast. It's very rewarding to see that with every episode the community is growing, which was of course the whole point of this platform. If you are a regular listener, you might want to check out my Patreon page, where you can support my work and help me develop this amazing but time-consuming project. You can do that on patreon.com slash kitchenconversations. this episode of Kitchen Conversations, I got invited by Museum Sztuki in Łódź to conduct an interview about the history of the museum and the exhibitions, current and future, organized for the 19th anniversary of their existence. Museum Sztuki in Łódź is one of the oldest museums of modern art in the world. Uh, they have a very unique uh, connection with the Polish and international avant-garde that dates back to the 1920s and 1930s, when a group of radical artists from the AR group began gathering works of the most important artists exactly for that museum. Uh, today, the leading voice in our conversation will be Agnieszka Pindera, head of Museum Research Center, but also a curator, researcher and an amazing writer. Agnieszka is also a former member of the Polin Museum of the History of Polish Jews in Warsaw and Center for Contemporary Art Znaki Czasu in Toruń, author of many books and publications as well as curator of various national and international shows, among others a co-curator of the Polish Pavilion for the 55th Venice Biennial. Please welcome Agnieszka Pindera from Museum Sztuki in Łódź. Welcome Agnieszka to Kitchen Conversations. Hi, hello. Very happy uh, to be here, uh, hosted by this beautiful institution, uh, Museum Sztuki in Łódź. We are really happy to have you here. Uh, uh, the first time I'm actually uh, officially in Łódź, so that's uh, even nicer. I already had a nice uh, evening yesterday. Uh, with uh, some of your um, colleagues and uh, yeah, today we are here uh, to speak uh, about the museum, about its history and about uh, some special um, gallery uh, program which you prepared uh, because of the 19th anniversary of the museum. Uh, but um, first of all I would like to hear a little bit about uh, you uh, since uh, the museum um, decide that you are the perfect person to speak about all those topics. Uh, yeah, so please, uh, if you can a bit introduce yourself, uh, tell us uh, what you've been uh, up to all these years and uh, what's your role uh, in Museum Sztuki in Łódź. This is my fifth year at the Museum Sztuki and I'm responsible for public programs, uh, research projects, sometimes really long-term projects as one that we will be surely speaking uh, of today. But I also curate exhibitions. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have uh, two exhibitions in the program uh, this year. 
um, one historical exhibition, another one uh, collaboration with beautiful, smart, intelligent uh, contemporary artist Yasmina Sibic. Um, I'm not art historian. Uh, I graduated from cultural studies, gender studies and curatorial studies. So that's my, my background. So I'm specialist uh, on everything and nothing. Um, I'm really interested in history of cultural institutions and cultural policies. So besides creating, creating exhibitions, uh, I'm also researching uh, artist-run initiatives or history of Polish radio experimental studio as a, an artist, uh, maybe not artist-run uh, institution, but a safe space for creativity created in really difficult uh, period in, in Poland in late uh, 50s. Mm, usually I curate uh, contemporary group exhibitions, but I also had the pleasure to curate uh, co-curate exhibition of Konrad Smolenski at the Polish uh, Pavilion at the Venice Biennale. Uh, Which year was that? It was eight years ago. Time flies. <laughs> it was a very exciting project uh, and very loud one. As we produced two large church-like bells uh, that we um, installed in the um, Polish Pavilion, we were also lucky and that Poland has a pavilion in the Giardini, so in the middle. It's uh, really beautiful. I was there already. It's, yeah, it's really nice uh, space, but close to residential area also. So our bells, uh, you couldn't miss that. They were always on once an hour, on the hour. But uh, the artist that we collaborated with, the creator of this uh, amazing installation, uh, he's a sound artist, he doesn't like to be called one, but he works with sound, uh, sound as a material. So he transformed, he created a huge uh, combination of, um, it was also spacious uh, installation, but also um, he, he involved technology, mixing sound, gizmos. <laughs> to transform the, the, the sound of the bell. Also part of my experience that was uh, quite important for me personally was uh, three years uh, that I spent at the Polish Museum, uh, Museum of the History of Polish Jews. Uh, it's located in Warsaw and I was there responsible for Artists in Residence program. And that was very exciting, uh, very challenging. We were producing new artworks that then ended up in the collection of the museum. And I had the pleasure to work with wonderful artists, uh, very often the third generation of Polish Jews. And so I also had this feeling that it's not only fruitful for the art world, but also personally, this is an important project for, for people that I'm, I'm meeting. So that was very special experience to, to be part of it, of it, on this um, you know identity maybe not building but confirming or recreating uh, experience. That was yeah, that was a big thing for me. Beautiful. And now you are here, uh, very busy. Uh, I saw yesterday <laughs> when I came here to leave my stuff. You were very. Busy yeah, also now because of the pandemic. Uh, I think the museum opened like a lot of exhibitions at once. I think at the moment there's four. Exactly. Each uh, Friday we had different opening, uh, so it's been a wide uh, ride. 
but fortunately most of, of shows are open. I think we have beautiful setup of summer exhibitions, uh, mostly female artists, which is also really important for us to, um, to have a proper balance within our program. I'm also busy because we are preparing for this big international show and shipments uh, during global health crisis are quite a challenge. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, and uh, this museum has a very uh, unique history, as I said uh, at the beginning. It's uh, now the 19th uh, anniversary. Actually, I was wondering why are you celebrating the 90th and not the 100th anniversary? Why wait? <laughs> also, uh, there was already a moment in the history of the museum when uh, our former uh, colleagues were celebrating 40th anniversary, not the 50th. And there was a very interesting, not only show, but also seminar um, organized by Ryszard Stanisławski, uh, our famous uh, former uh, director. And there is really nice uh, publication that came out of this, this seminar. And they were lucky enough to have um, there with them people who still remembered how it was, who knew. Strzemiński or even Hendrik Starzewski, part of a uh, member of the our group, uh, was there with them. So uh, we are celebrating in a slightly different way. We don't have any more uh, people who, who are part of the events, but we are doing our best to, to, to discover and re rediscover the, the conditions um, that uh, made creation of our museum uh, happen. I think it was a nice uh, coincidence or I don't know a fate <laughs> that at the time at the end of 20s and beginning of 30s uh, two ideas uh, were brought together or met. First was uh, Streminski's idea that he had for some time but he was struggling with the proper conditions so he has the idea that uh, Poland's supposed to have collection of, of new art radical art, avant-garde art, and to have a museum devoted to, to these issues, to host this collection, to work with this collection. Uh, and also here in Łódź, the, the city government, uh, maybe not all the members, but there was one person who, was, uh, who reacted positively to the idea and who, who helped uh, with yeah, uh, materializing it, but also s secured some funds, secured the space, Another coincidence um, that there was a, it was a moment when when museums in in which were coming through these uh, big changes uh, there was a new new set of uh, museums emerging from the from the older structures so it was like good moment good 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 timing for everyone and Streminski knew what he was doing as he was part uh, of a similar project. Lar on a larger scale, uh, back when he was uh, living and working in, in Russia. Uh, so this is how everything worked out. Um, of course, funds secured by the city government were really little and uh, there were enough to bring the artworks to wood. But all of them were donations from Polish and European artists. And this is a big phenomenon of this collection 
that uh, it is a evidence of the solidarity between the artists. So they all believed in uh, in this idea of creating collection, creating museum here here in in middle of Poland, and they supported this idea generously by by giving away their paintings, sculptures, uh, works on paper. There was over a hundred of them. Just for for those who uh, perhaps are not Polish or not so familiar with more like Eastern uh, art, Szaminski was a very famous uh, avant-garde uh, artist and uh, one of the members of the uh, AR group, Revolutionary Artists or Real Avant-Garde, that's the abbreviation, and they initiated this collection which you are speaking about. Also to speak about the collection we have to kind of uh, touch upon this, this group of people who initiated and created uh, this Polish avant-garde. Uh, it was a time when people enjoyed uh, working together. There was many different uh, groups, also interdisciplinary. When Strzemiński and Katarzyna Kobro uh, came from Russia to Poland, then they joined, um, before forming their own uh, art group, they joined uh, two other groups. Um, with architects, uh, for instance, they were collaborating um, the program of Strzemiński and Kobro, who were interested in uh, painting, sculpture, theory, was very close to the to the program of architects they've met here here in Poland. They all were interested in creating environment for art, but also for a change in the society. So that was the common goal. But the art group was slightly different, as it was formed by visual artists and poets. So poets were, we could say today, responsible for public relations. So Julian Przybosz was very good mediator of uh, Strzemiński's aims and ideas. And uh, Brzenkowski, another poet, part of the member of the R group, was also editor of some art magazines. So that was a nicely working uh, collective, actually. We always hear about uh, Katarzyna Kobro as like so till till at some point she was the wife and then they they divorced but that was later on but i'm also curious was she like the only woman in this group or was there more women or what was like the the balance there and mm -hmm. also in the in general the avant-garde of that time in poland and perhaps a yeah, more eastern mm -hmm. uh, difficult the, maybe question. difficult question as the AR group it wasn't a time where they were putting together manifestos or sort of, I don't know, social contract who is a group member of NOT. Uh, she was for sure one of the founders. There were women supporting uh, the AR group aims and uh, mostly supporting the creating of the collection as uh, Wanda Hodasiewicz-Grabowska, known better as Nadia Leżer. She was former student of Strzemiński and uh, while living in uh, Paris, she was very um, involved in the whole whole process of uh, getting works for the collection. She was also collaborating with Brzenkowski on the um, Contemporary Art magazine. So she was also very involved. There are other women in the collection. So they also were part of the solidarity gestures. Um, women were active also in, in Russia within this uh, Museum of Artistic Cultures uh, network and artist-run administration. Uh, 
But of course, I don't believe we can say they still were um, perceived as equal. Maybe they were, but there is less female artists involved uh, so much in the organization also. Not only creation, but also this part of the of the avant-garde where there were forming theories, publishing, and uh, creating para-institutions and things like that. For me personally, um, I discovered one of the artists that was um, active at the time through, uh, through the work on the project. And uh, I will keep continue uh, researching her. Um, her name is Alicja Halicka. And um, she was his wife of another <laughs> avant-garde artist. That was usually a case. I, um, those were people from the same circles, so it's quite a... Yeah, they were all friends, right? They were all yeah. friends, collaborators. Uh, Alicia Halicka was a wife of uh, Ludwig Marcus, who changed his name while set in, uh, settling in Paris to Louis Marcus's. Uh, his three works are part of the art collection, while Alicia Halicka is not. Uh, I wonder why. I, I wish she, she would be here. She was a very interesting uh, artist, but also struggling. Uh, she was burdened, same as Cobro, with the um, financial problems and also trying to support her family. So she was sometimes leaving her art practice to earn money as a designer. She was designing uh, tapestries, uh, she was working for uh, fashion designers, um, so she had to kind of let go her creative uh, practice to, to earn money to support family. Maybe that's also partly uh, a reason why those female artists are not so uh, visible, rec recognizable. So as you were saying, uh, a lot of the pieces from the collection also came from uh, more Western countries. So I'm curious how were the relations uh, between uh, Polish avant-garde artists and yeah, artists from other countries uh, in the 30s, right? Uh, how how easy was it to collaborate and yeah, what were their connections? Mm -hmm. uh, many Poles uh, were living in Paris, either temporarily or they settled there, as we already said, uh, Alicia Halicka, Luis Marcusis, but also Jan Brzankowski, that was the Orwanda Hodasiewicz Grabowska. So there, there, there was a lot of movement. <laughs> Uh, there was a lot of connections and uh, networking, as we would say today, networking. <laughs> um, but also uh, Strzemiński, for instance, he had a lot of um, contacts uh, uh, with Dutch artists. So um, partly, I would say, the uh, connection and contacts with uh, Western Europe were based on common interests. It was a time when many different currents and movements um, were present, right? It wasn't the one avant-garde, but many different ways of, um, of creating different problems to, to, to solve, either with formal aspects of, uh, of the art creation or so social aspects. So um, either artists were in touch who uh, had this problems in common, or it was uh, based more on geography. So since there was a big community of Poles living in Paris, then there was a connection. 
but of course they 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 were in touch uh, same with uh, eastern europe there also was a, was a connection there also poland was on the way from east to to west yeah that's right in the middle yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's also important when artists uh, from russia were traveling to germany they were going through warsaw for instance mm-hmm. um, staying for a while exhibiting maybe making connections so yeah i think it was quite uh, quite vivid and intense mm-hmm. So the the big exhibition, the first exhibition in this museum, which back then had a different uh, location and a different name also, right? Yes, the, the museum had uh, a name after another donor, donors, uh, a family from Krakow, who entrusted um, also around 100 of pieces from their, their collection uh, to the museum. Uh, slightly less uh, less avant-garde or not avant-garde at all. Um, so it was um, Bartosiewicz family and it was Museum of History of, uh, and Art, if I rem- remember correctly. The location, it was a small uh, building, surely smaller than the one that we occupy now, than the, our today's venue. It was located at the Square of Freedom, so middle of the uh, of the city, and the art group uh, collection, the first uh, exhibition, it was only uh, two rooms, so it was quite modest presentation. Also, this collection grew for years. It's not like uh, this ninety years ago we had like whole set there. Uh, it took time, uh, financial difficulties, and also reaching out to the to the artists our group wanted to um, to get in touch with. It take time, so the collection grew through through the years. But uh, still, 19 years ago, there was this first uh, first gesture, and we are also going to recreate from the photo documentation. We will be trying to recreate this uh, one of the exhibitions of the our group collection in our show that will open in October. Uh, I was just curious since uh, back in 1931, that's uh, the year when the first exhibition opened, uh, that was the moment in Poland between the wars. Uh, I'm curious how the government back then uh, reacted to such a experimental <laughs> show, I would say. Uh, I think more important is how the uh, community of, of artists also reacted as um, it uh, wasn't a um, type of art that everyone uh, I don't want to say like but um, felt it's right right it, it was um, still very new radical as we want to uh, say and it was in a way also political issue so in which it was supported by socialist uh, government or socialist uh, politicians being part of the the city government while more conservative uh, groups uh, not only political groups but also artists with more conservative views were not really buying that they were uh, rather maybe not shocked but uh, really not supportive there are um, articles really nasty articles where this kind of art is called a circus basically so they weren't really they weren't taking it serious they weren't taking it seriously for sure 
and they felt it's a joke it's uh, temporary that it will pass it's it's not important it's not right it's not nothing that will stick but there was uh, another argument also coming from more the um, documents say more about a criticism from the artistic community than from the politicians actually or the government uh, as there was another big argument um, taking place in the newspapers uh, when uh, Strzemiński was awarded uh, with a um, special award for um, what he da did for the development of you know culture in in the city so many people w were also furious with that so he wasn't a um, person that everyone loved. followed and loved yeah. <laughs> quite quite the opposite if you say uh, that was like a radical movement uh, could we speak a little bit of their ideas of what kind of revolution did they want to bring to the to the people our group and um, what Straminski and cobra were doing they were solving uh, artistic problems with form um, of paintings and sculptures, but they also believed that art is connected with uh, social structure, so one influences another. And they were uh, very much interested in um, creating an environment that will that will support us on daily basis. They were interested in furniture design, space design, uh, urban planning. Uh, Cobra at some point she created a model, a project basically for the kindergarten. Um, while Strzemiński uh, was invited uh, by the dir director of, uh, of this museum to create neoplastic rooms of the space especially that dedicated to constructivist art. So he was, um, th they were both involved in uh, thinking about uh, daily life, how our body also moves within the within the space what sort of actions we perform on on daily basis and how space can react and support us so that was uh, radical that it was a total experience it wasn't only entertainment pleasure or spiritual uh, experience experience <laughs> <laughs> but also something that would be useful, simply simply useful, and will create, you know, new men for new times. And I feel uh, those ideas um, are now somehow taken and processed in your contemporary uh, exhibitions and museums, like this usage of art, or maybe not usage, but how art can serve perhaps more socially or politically, is that correct? I think so, and I think this problem solving for me is a clue here. So they were, uh, Streminski and Cobro, they were solving problems of their time, let's say, while artists that we are collaborating with are solving problems of our time. That's why we have so much in our program exhibitions and artists dealing with uh, climate change or economic crises, um, national identity um, building, or you know, uh, a rise of populism. These are problems of our times, and they are really present in in contemporary exhibitions that we are hosting here. That's interesting that you say like 
art uh, could or is solving problems because some people would say like art doesn't do anything right I mean often artists don't get paid because it's just art and it's it's an interesting discussion because yeah do do we solve art or perhaps do we bring to the light the problems and uh, we give a space for discussion perhaps or but maybe that's already solving because we start the conversation or we initiate exactly i would say it's a, it's a good beginning as education it's a, it's it's a key and information it's it's a key also uh, knowledge is power so as soon we are starting to see the problem to discuss the problem i think we are on really good path to to the solution mm. uh, so now you are in the middle of creating this big show which is gonna open in october at the avant-garde museum i would like you to speak a little bit mo uh, more about it uh, and perhaps also about the publication because the publication is already here and based on the work which you put in the publication now the show will yeah. arise uh, the avant-garde museum is, uh, at least for me, uh, as a team member here at the museum, um, the longest project I work with. We started in 2017 with, uh, with a seminar called Museum of the Avant-garde or the Avant-garde Museum Collecting the Radical. And we invited then uh, scholars from the US, uh, Europe, and Poland to uh, to speak uh, to speak about it about the avant-garde museology. We had really different takes uh, on it. Um, as we speakers were from Europe and the U.S., but uh, we also had uh, one uh, presentation devoted to um, creating of modern art museums, first modern art museums in Latin America. So we also tried to map as much uh, as possible. Uh, and it was really fruitful, uh, wonderful event. Um, and then uh, with Jarosław Suhan, director of the museum, uh, when we tried to sum up this, uh, this event with a publication, just simple post-conference you know, volume, we felt it's not enough, that we really want to dig deeper, to look for more connections. Um, and work uh, closely with the subject and we decided that we we won't be publishing um, reflection of the of the seminar in the book but we will we will uh, start another chapter of the project and we will focus on uh, on four uh, semi institutions uh, actually two uh, three <laughs> semi institutions and two spaces and that we feel are uh, somehow connected, even though they were created in slightly different time and surely in different places. Um, these are museums of artistic culture in Russia, so uh, administration run by the artists and also network of regional museums. Um, it was possible uh, to create that uh, after the October Revolution. There was a small period when, um, at the time, elites were not interested in working with the government, but avant-garde artists were, and they really uh, used well this uh, this time, this window, and um, started uh, collecting contemporary works. Uh, um, there was a central bureau 
that was uh, responsible for the acquisitions and then a set of the network of regional museums that were receiving from the Central Bureau the newest works of, of living artists from all over. They also managed to open, create two big museums uh, run by artists, museums that worked as laboratories that had really strong education programs also. Artists were um, giving guided tours for the exhibition. They were really interested in mediating the new art to the public as wide as possible. So that's the first phenomena that we are covering with the Avant-Garde Museum project. And the second is the Société Anonyme, a collective of artists uh, or society of artists created in 1920 in New York by uh, Catherine Dreyer, Marcel Duchamp and Man Ray. So also important uh, radical artists, at least Duchamp and Man Ray. And Catherine Dreyer, a female artist, but also a collector, wealthy woman who was also very much interested in supporting the poor. <laughs> she was a suffragette as well. Mm -hmm. um, and they uh, created this association using the membership uh, payments uh, to finance the gallery, library, and then they started uh, collection. And they were purchasing works from artists from Europe and the US, uh, but also um, they were given uh, many, many pieces. They wanted to open the first museum of the modern art, but then the name and also the aim was uh, taken over by different group of people, and we know it today as New York MoMA. Uh, Société Anonyme um, collection still exists. It was donated to Yale University Art Gallery, as also they were very much interested in education. They also um, had extensive public programs, lectures, they published a lot. So they were also very much oriented to the knowledge production and distribution, also on the new art within the new world. Uh, another phenomenon is the uh, AR group uh, collection. Uh, and we are putting it together in our exhibition with two rooms that were specially uh, designed and created for the presentation of this new art. One um, in Hanover on the invitation of um, uh, curator Alexander Dorner uh, and created by artist Elisicki. It was called the Cabinet of Abstract, uh, Abstract Cabinet. And it was a space that uh, supposed to Mm, that that was a space that's supposed to be as dynamic, let's say, as uh, as the new art. Um, the walls were changing color when you were going through it. You could change uh, the setup uh, because of the special um, installments that you could just change the hanging yourself very easily. Um, so that that is one, and another is neoplastic room, the room uh, designed by Władysław uh, Strzemiński here in our venue, just one floor above us, it's still here. 
um, on, the, on the invitation of the current uh, director of the museum. So we are taking all these um, examples or these case studies and we are looking at them as a whole in a way. Uh, trying to look for similarities between them, links, dialogues. As we already said, Strzemiński, before coming to Poland and uh, starting the R group and starting the collection, he had an experience in Russia. So these links are also interesting for us. There are artists that are represented in both collections, in the R collection and in the Societe Anonym collection. So we are tracing all, uh, all that. And will we see the actual works also in the exhibition or will there be more of research materials? Uh, the exhibition is divided into rooms that uh, will present art and we will be trying to partially recreate the most important uh, for us exhibitions uh, of the semi-institutions. So we will be recreating one of the, the first uh, exhibitions of uh, the AR group, but also one of the most important exhibitions of Societe Anonyme. And uh, museums of artistic culture are represented by selection that possibly was made by Strzemiński himself. So we are trying to realize exhibition that he wanted to do, but never had a chance. But there is a document we found in archives that gives us enough knowledge to, to be able to put it together. We are also recreating Cabinet of Abstractum, so we will be having um, reconstruction of it uh, to the scale. Uh, you won't be unfortunate able to change the setup, but uh, walls should change <laughs> colors as in the ah, original. <laughs> so, so, so that is happening. Uh, we are also planning within the exhibition to present as much research as uh, as possible. We are calling them, at least for now, it's work in progress, archival rooms. So we are also bringing some archives from all over the world to illustrate this administration of artists, these artist-run institutions um, that we are interested at. Some of the materials are also published in the catalogue and that accompanies the exhibition. It's more of the reader, actually. It's quite large publication, about 600 pages. We managed to get really uh, interesting texts, essays, covering all the issues that we are interested at, but we are also publishing source materials there, both texts, but also letters, documents. There's really a lot of research. So if anyone is interested in the avant-garde museology, I think it's a really good start for him or her. Yeah, definitely. It seems like a very big project. Uh, and it's going to open in October, right? In October, and it will last until the end of February. All right, so quite, quite some time then. Uh, and at the moment, uh, here in the museum, there is another exhibition which uh, you curated. We spoke about it at the very beginning uh, by Yasmina Tibit at the palace. Uh, so maybe we could also speak a little bit about it since uh, yeah, if, if people are here in Łódź or in Poland, I think it's super nice to also come and visit before the big exhibition in October. Uh, somehow this uh, exhibition of contemporary artists um, is also linked with, uh, with what we are planning for October. 
Uh, Yasmina is very interested in gift giving. <laughs> as um, as a founding stone for something, for some sort of pacts, international pacts, political pacts. So she's, uh, but also gift economy. So uh, gift giving is really wide subject and um, it's visible through Yasmina's uh, recent works. The central uh, piece of on the exhibition is called The Gift. It's a film that Yasmina uh, is realizing for a couple years already. The first scene that opens the film was realized here in Warsaw, in Palace uh, of Culture. As Yasmina is interested in buildings that are gifts themselves. So Palace of Culture is this gift of Stalin to Poland people of Poland. I think it's actually still officially called by his name. I'm not sure, but but surely everyone is calling it gift of, of Stalin. Yeah. Or of course this gift wasn't so pure. It meant to and it is building that hosts many different institutions education institutions like universities this youth palace uh, that shapes the uh, the young bodies uh, because they have swimming pool but also young minds and as they have many different workshops at the time it's like robotic but before that it was more like drawing or crafts things like that in the palace of culture you have theaters uh, you have museums cinema like many different places where also people could be shaped in a way as you wish. So that's in, that's interesting. Um, another building that appears in the movie is Palace of Nations, the Communist Party headquarters, uh, French Communist Party headquarters in Paris. So that's the setting for the uh, for the film that talks about the competition for a perfect gift that will unite divided nations. So it's something that's supposed to act against polarization. And in the film, you have three different characters that presenting their own uh, views of how the citizens can be united. There is a diplomat, architect, and the artist, of course. Through the exhibition, you can see also different sets of gifts. Yasmina portraits gifts to Tito, president of the of the federation. She also managed to find at at first and then portrait rose bushes that were created um, and named after founding fathers of European project. These are, these portraits are also made in really really special way. She's using a vanitas motif, so she's uh, hiding uh, messages within uh, within these portraits. And in the same way, she's portraying uh, pieces from the AR Group collection. She's bringing this uh, story of the gift by artist to the artist, then entrusted to the museum uh, to her to her narration. Yeah, it's, it seems like uh, Yasmina could be another person for this podcast. <laughs> she would be perfect, surely. It's great. Yeah, it's nice that you were uh, explaining a little bit about the, the, the video work because I still have to see it. So after our conversation, <laughs> I'm going to go and uh, it's, uh, I think, nicer to already have a bit of an introduction. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, for, uh, we are already uh, speaking uh, quite a while. Uh, for the end, I prepared uh, this uh, quite big and broad questions. In general, about the museum as an institution and its future, how do you see that? What's, what's the future of a museum and also what kind of museum and artworks do we need in our current uh, political uh, climate? Mm -hmm. Uh, this year we are also um, hosting or organizing a series of discussions. It's called Museum of the Future. Uh, so far they were uh, only in Polish, but uh, hopefully soon we will also um, organize some discussions in English. Since the global health crisis we are doing it through Zoom platform and then distributing uh, through Facebook and our website. And each time we are trying to invite guests that can speak about the future of the museums. So we at first invited artists to ask them what visions of the future museums are already present in their artworks, what they are thinking about. And here they usually uh, talk about climate change and that's something that has to be addressed. Uh, while Especially <laughs> in Poland, I think. Especially in Poland, yeah, we are big deniers. Mm. Uh, it, I don't see that uh, it will change anytime soon. Mm, then we also had a discussion um, on the digital um, museums, how also the recent year and a half, what the year and a half taught us, how we can be present in the internet, uh, what kind of um, um, program we can, we can host there. But finally we had this discussion about museum in the city. And I think when I personally think about the future of the museum and also uh, having this experience of not traveling for, for the last year uh, outside Poland, I would say the future museums supposed to be more, I would like them to be more focused on local communities, to be more welcoming to the local communities, to really be platform for people to meet and to be more focused on uh, people's needs and I don't especially speak here about the program even but the same the, the environment as we talked about Streminski and Cobra being so aware of human body traveling through space and space being welcoming for this body so I would really like to see such examples of the museums in the future local also means more ecological as we can maybe eliminate more the carbon footprint. I really hope the time of uh, Bilbao effect is uh, in our past that we won't be focusing so much on tourism and making um, big blockbusters just for people to travel but I would really wish for museums to be more sustainable also in terms of audience development, so creating more long-term relationships with their audiences. I really hope for such future. Mm, that's, I think, a beautiful uh, way to, to round up our uh, yeah, museum uh, talk. I think that's... Yeah, I'm not going to say anything more <laughs> about it. In the end, uh, I always like to speak about food. Today we are uh, not in a kitchen environment, we're in office environment. Still, we have some uh, nice cake here and cookies. 
so let's uh, go with the tradition and uh, end up with speaking uh, about food. You are Agnieszka living in Poland, I guess in Łódź, right? Where we are located. In Łódź and Warsaw, but right. I'm coming from the south, from Tarnów. All right, and uh, what's uh, the food which uh, connects uh, with home for you? It's gonna be leczo. For me, it's more based on veggies. But it's it will be like vegetable goulash, but of course my mom would add, add a little bit of sausage here and there. So it's basically paprika, zucchini and tomatoes. And it's really simple, uh, but very satisfying. And also it's the best thing you can eat at the end of summer. <laughs> because the, the tomatoes are amazing Everything at the moment. Is Everything is yeah, fresh and you know, the sunny months make all the veggies beautiful and tasty. So that would be my my top dish. <laughs> it's interesting. I think I, I never had that or maybe... Really? Yeah, it's <laughs> like... Um, do people eat it a lot? In our house, uh, yes. It, and it really was this end of summer thing that was always on the table in August and September. I'm making a lot of it myself and also um, putting it to the jars. So then I have I tasty, sunny lecho during winter time. So yeah, I'm highly recommending it. Right. I don't know it, its history really, but for me it's like, you know, mom's uh, thing. Something yeah, yeah. that was made for me with love. It's great. I'm gonna have something <laughs> to try. <laughs> Is there anything uh, you would like to say uh, for the very end? Some recommendations for the audience or...? I don't really know. I, maybe we could... Um, we have a website, another website from our main website that you can uh, find. It's called Zasoby, so it's resources uh, in Polish. We are trying to put a lot of interesting content there. We are putting there recordings of the discussion, talk, discussions, talks, conferences, seminars that we are hosting, but also we put a lot of attention to um, publishing their new acquisitions. Every year uh, we enrich our collection, uh, every year we, we buy new artworks for the collection and with the end of the year we always publish the new acquisitions, so I think it could be something I would recommend for our audience or future audience or audience to be uh, to follow how we are now developing what started with our collection and with this uh, donation of artists to the artists and trusted the museum how we how we work with that how we play with that great I will include it in the show notes of the podcast great uh, thank you so much for meeting me this uh, Saturday morning Let's enjoy the weekend. Thank you, it was a pleasure and let's go to see some exhibitions. Thanks. And this was it for today. Thank you for reaching till the end of this episode. I will see you next time with another great artist and speaker. And as mentioned at the beginning, you can support this podcast via Patreon 
on patreon.com slash kitchen conversations or alternatively you can also help me develop this platform by making a one-time donation following my instagram account or leaving a comment on one of the podcast players all of the needed links are placed in the show notes of this episode take good care until next time